Hey everybody, this is Diana Stemkowski of Decision Small and Large with Diana Podcast. I have an announcement about a podcast that will be available in the next couple of weeks that I did with a friend of mine, Cheryl Namdarkin, who is a certified personal stylist based in Toronto, Canada. And we talked about clothes and accessories and how inf so influ influential they are and how we feel about ourselves and how they can be the gateway to a new identity and how that the clothes that we wear uh, can change how we feel about ourselves and what we think about ourselves, what we believe is possible for ourselves. So um, the, the, the outer trappings, the clothes, the accessories, shoes, jewelry, hair, makeup, our gear, the, the gear that we wear under, underneath, um, they all help us feel a certain way. So I would love for you to listen to our conversation because I think it touches on how we feel ultimately and how that influences how others see us and how we see ourselves and how it ties into our, our identity. Um, so look forward to that. It was a great conversation. Um, and what I realized, why I was drawn to, to talking to Cheryl about this on the podcast is that I, I met her in a networking group and she always looked a certain way that she carried herself a certain way. And I was just curious as to what influenced her and uh, why she chose to become a certified personal stylist. And the the thing that jumped out at me was that as a personal stylist, Cheryl can see you in a way that you cannot. And I play a similar role as your coach. When I can see you in a way, you can't see yourself. So I think that there are parallels between what we do and how we help people. Um, yes, also, and an announcement, Cheryl offers also free monthly webinars and her next one is June 30th, 2021, which is a Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and there are details on her website. Her website is uncoveryourstyle.ca. And you can also find her on Instagram at un uncoveryourstyle. And no breaks, all one word. So check her out. I, I like what I see on Instagram and I loved what we talked about. So moving on, today's conversation is about beliefs and confidence and how we can have confidence regardless of the circumstances around us. And if you'll recall, uh, in, in, in my coaching model that I use, there are circumstances, there are the facts of the situation that are happening around us. And those we, if we don't, have the information, we're taught to believe that our circumstances create our feelings. And really, it's our thoughts about the circumstance that creates our feelings. So if we want to tap into confidence and self-confidence, um, we can have those things at any time. They are available to us as a choice, as an option. So, um, we can rate our confidence on a scale of 1 to 10. And it's possible to be a 10 in confidence and self-confidence. I'll explain the difference between confidence and self-confidence in just a second. But we can be at a 10 in confidence 
regardless of what's going on around because of us, because of our thoughts. So we can still feel crappy about ourselves on some days and still be confident in how we show up in the world, wherever that is. And we can always own that level 10 of confidence in any situation. So, and you may, there are always going to be times where we're going to have beliefs and thoughts pop up for us. Like, um, you know, I'm terrible at my job. I'm an awful mother. Um, my partner is ignoring me. Work is, you know, I'm not able to function very well at work. Uh, these are all kinds of things that we believe very easily because it, they seem true to us. They're, they're, we, we can seek and find evidence for those to have some basis of truth. But confidence, if we, if we choose to believe that we are confident, just is within us. That is a choice. It is always an option. And it can't be taken away unless you choose to give it away by what you're thinking. So... Confidence, there's a difference between confidence and self-confidence to me. So I define confidence as based in the past. It's something that we're, we're basing it on something we already know and something we've learned in the past. So we can always find evidence that I can drive a car or I can walk down the street. There's ample evidence for that. Where self-confidence differs is that it's based on the future, the present and the future. And it's believing ahead of time, basically, that we will achieve what we want, we are setting out to achieve, and that we have the inner capacity and the resources to have that, to make that happen for ourselves. When there is no evidence outwardly, to substantiate that. So to me, the, there's another basis of self-confidence too is that um, at a deeper level, self-confidence is the ability to handle any emotion that we feel in our bodies. And emotions, as I define them, are vibrations in our bodies. That's all they are until we have thoughts about them. So emotions have, if we're going to be self-confident, we'll be able to handle feeling doubt and fear and excitement and anticipation all at the same time. We'll be able to experience all the motion, the human emotions that are possible and still move toward our goal or doing what we want to do. So that to me is, and it sounds like, yeah, sounds pretty straightforward, but the reason we don't do things is because of how we feel. We, you know, we think about doing something different. We think about challenging ourselves, running a marathon or starting a business or uh, dating again after a divorce. We think, you know, that's something new and maybe uh, dangerous in our primitive minds where that's it's posing a threat to our safety. And, and, and ultimately, no, there's no threat here at all. The threat exists in our mind because of our thinking. So if we think of thinking of doing something new, confidence doesn't necessarily help us because this something new is in our future, in our present when we're, st we're starting to create it. So confidence is not something that will fuel us to to 
keep going, whereas self-confidence and believing ahead of time will. We build our self-confidence by challenging ourselves in the present and the future. We build on self-confidence when we start doing new things and learning, we can feel all that discomfort while we're doing those new things and it's all okay. We keep going. That's, that's really what we want to do is to keep going. Feeling discomfort stops us from exploring and doing new things. So say for instance, you want to start a, a nonprofit and you, your brain seizes at the thought of like, what are all the uh, legal and financial ramifications of that? How am I going to, you know, where do I start? I don't think I can do this. And so before we even contemplate doing this, creating a nonprofit, we're, we're already like second guessing ourselves and maybe I shouldn't decide to do this. This is very uncomfortable. This is a bad idea. This is dangerous. So I'm going to stop. So recognizing, you know, and building on that, that confidence and self-confidence, just it, it enables us to really tap into a part of ourselves that we don't have a lot of access to without some awareness. And I think a lot of the, the part about self-confidence that I find exciting to build is this relationship with this future version of me. So, and I, I mentioned this, this idea of our future selves there's a part of us that in, a, in, a, in an alternate parallel universe, there is a version of us that has already achieved what we want, has the relationship, has the job, the business, whatever it is, relationships with, we have a relationship with this future version of us that I think our fear and doubt cloud and in, in some cases causes a disconnect we lose touch with this future future version of us out of in fear and discomfort and doubt and being you know afraid to think of the possibilities that that future version of us represents so there's a version of you that has already gone through what you're contemplating doing in order to achieve what you want that future version has already made the decisions, has already gone through the steps, has figured out all the hows, and that future version of you is a limitless resource of information. You just have to ask. By extending a hand out to her from our present into our future, you're inviting her, in this case, for me, uh, you, this you're inviting this version of you into your present. You're asking this this future version of you for guidance, for help, for information. She is the resource that you have inside you at all times. She is a resource you can ask for input when you want to make a decision. So. What I, looking at my notes, making sure I haven't missed anything. Um, because I think in a lot of ways, this future version of you 
like I said, there's sometimes a disconnect. We sometimes lose that voice, that inner tiny voice sometimes until she st- we give her more and more airtime rather than listening to the louder mean girl version of our brain that wants us to not go anywhere at all. So, you know, I think for a lot of us who've done a lot of personal growth work, self-development, we have access to her, but she's not loud. And sometimes we tend to dismiss very easily what she's trying to tell us. So part of this building of self-confidence and having this self-confidence regardless of what's going on is using that version of you. I call her Gigi, and I can thank um, a fellow coach, Amy Lata, for that name because I think it sums up this this part of our brain that um, really has our back. Gigi is our prefrontal cortex. Gigi is our strategist and our dreamer and our planner. And the future version and Gigi are all intertwined in our brain. They're all resources to us. And hopefully that's not confusing. And if it is, just let me know. Gigi gives us access to that part of ourselves, that future version. She's a connector. And I think once we are aware of these resources that are available to us, Gigi, our future versions of, of self that has achieved what we want to achieve, this helps us, helps our confidence and self-confidence grow. We can handle, we can start to handle more and more different and maybe challenging situations without ever questioning our own confidence and self-confidence and who we are. So I think at this point, um, what we want to do, self-confidence is something we can expand and uh, accessing our future selves and our, the GG part of our brain is a way to do that. And so it ultimately, if we're building our confidence and self-confidence to such a level, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We know we can handle it. So that's what I'm offering to you. Um, just want to make sure I'm miss, not missing anything. Uh, yes, I think that's it for today. But I just wanted to, to drop that because sometimes I forget, you know, because I have a human brain that I can feel confident and self-confident and not be having the best days <laughs> inside my brain and my body. And, but I always know I can rely upon it. I just have to switch my thinking. I just have to remember that... I am, I want to be, I am confident. And that is always available to me. So on that note, I will leave you. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Hey everybody, this is Diana Stemkowski of the Decision Small and Large with Diana podcast. Today, I'm going to be following up on my previous episode, um, why you're not buying in to something that you really want to do. And the title of this is Overcoming Your Own Objections. And it's looking at this through the lens of sales. And by that, you know, sales is 
can be a loaded term for a lot of people. I know it was for me, um, and I've been in my own business for <laughs> 18 years now, so it's something I've had to make peace with. I mean, we can reframe sales in any number of ways. I'm selling somebody uh, something um, that we would like for them to do or to be included in, you know, persuasion is one of those words. But selling doesn't have to be a bad word. Um, because basically sales is connecting someone to what they want to have, whatever that is, a new car, new house, um, travel, education, a partner, uh, relationships, whatever it is. Uh, sales is one of those things that you know connects us to things that we want. And when I look at it that way, it doesn't have all that weight of um, oily, salesy, graspy kind of energy that you see on in a lot of um, marketing. So the last episode I looked at where we might not be sold on our own ideas, our goals, our dreams, projects, whatever it is. And this week I'm looking at what our objections could be that we may not be fully conscious of that prevent us from really committing to what we want to create. So there, in my mind, there are basically four reasons why we object to committing to goals, projects, ideas, investing in ourselves with more schooling, coaching, travel. We object based upon, number one, time, number two, money, number three, other people, and number four, the assumption that we will be deprived of something in order to achieve it. And I'm going to break those four reasons down a little bit so that you can see how these objections show up in your thinking. And so if, if you see these thoughts running through your mind, um, there's something that you can question, something that you can address and change. So I think one of the things um, that I really had to overcome in myself in terms of sales, selling myself on something, is are my thoughts really factual? My reactions to uh, an offer being made to me, are they factual? And And this will make more sense the more I go on, but it's we have a lot of reactions to offers being made to us. We have a whole story based upon previous beliefs, previous experiences, linkages to experiences and memories. And it's really just a narrative going on in our minds. Nothing wrong with that, but it does, it, all those narratives can keep us from taking another step. And We've been listening to these narratives for years. We believe these stories about why I can't have this thing. So when it comes to time, how many times have you heard or said something like the following? I don't have enough time to do this. I'm so busy. I've got too many things on my plate. I can't fit this anywhere. I think one of the biggest questions you could ask yourself is if any of this is really true. A lot of people want coaching because of the sense that they need help. They don't have control over their own time. They need help with time management and priorities. And yes, coaches can help you with that. 
But coaches are also trained to look at where you might be fooling yourself out of habit or comfort about what you're capable of doing with the time you have. And really as you, as any person can do, you, and I recommend doing this for yourself when it comes to time, is to do a time audit. And if you did that, you would probably find that there is plenty of time uh, because we don't take into account the amount of time we are distracted, we are confused, we are indecisive. That sucks up a lot of time. And so with this time suck, we're, we're not as focused on what we could be doing when it comes to achieving what we want to achieve. So we're gonna use that as an objection. Well, I don't have the time. When, like I said, if we looked at that and really assessed how we were spending our time, we would probably most likely find that there is plenty of time. We're just not using time efficiently. And yeah, I can say I don't have any time. I have a lot on my plate. This sounds true because if you, you know, we look at the sum total of all the, you know, what's going on in our life, kids, relationships, marriage, family, work, business, uh, schooling, perhaps, whatever it is, that it, you know, it's an overwhelming number of things. But in reality, if we break down, and this might be another conversation to have another point, there are time priorities and there are priorities in our lives. Priorities are like, you know, however you want to do that. Family, a community, spirituality, um, and having those as your top five, say. And then there are time priorities, which are can be very different from your actual priorities. It's something to think about, and I might do a podcast on that later. But I digress. So are your are these statements, I don't really have the time, really true? And if I if I'm determined that this change or goal was so important to me, and if I broke it down according to a timeline, is it really going to take up so much of my time? Will it really deprive me of a balance in my life and my free time? And I think this is worth looking into if you're wanting to sell yourself on something different and new. Um, the next objection is money, or really the lack thereof. How many times have you heard yourself or some, someone else say, I don't have the money, I don't know where to get it, I don't want to go into debt in order to do this, I've already got so many bills, I have trips planned, I have renovations planned for my house, um, any number of things. We, we see money as finite. That's a belief system right there. That money cannot, you know, we don't trust our resourcefulness when it comes to money. And the possibility of having it more in your life if you ask for it. And like I said, going back to time, all these things, I have so many bills, I don't have the money, I don't know where to get it. This could all be possibly true. But when you weigh against the expense of being where you already are to where you could be, how does that compare? So... If I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on an education or certification or some other training, instead of taking a trip, instead of um, renovating my house, what will my net result be 
in terms of income I could be making compared to what I make now. So there's this investment idea here that I'm investing in my future self if I do this, um, I invest in myself now in some meaningful way like travel or education or coaching, whatever it is, personal growth. Um, if I look, if you look into the future as you receive and integrate this training, this new information, this um, broadening of who you are that you paid for and the confidence you're going to build because of this new knowledge and expertise, then you have the potential to increase your income by 10 to 20 plus thousands of dollars because of your initial investment in you. So by not investing in yourself through training, it really is going to be expensive. It's expensive now because you're not tapping into that potential. So it's going to cost you far more to stay where you are than it would if you had received all this training uh, added value to your life. So, and when people say it's too expensive, it could be uh, because it's an, an expensive, it could be, it's an investment upfront on your future. And really what is expensive anyway? That's a very subjective term. It then, it, 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 and for you expensive could mean, well, 25 grand, that's a lot. You know, for other people, like two grand is a lot. It's very subjective. Um, people who have a really good relationship with money are like, ah, 25 grand, a drop in the bucket, no big deal. So <laughs> you can have all kinds of uh, definitions of expensive but are they really serving you in terms of what you want to do with your future? And, but when it, it becomes possible that you can make the money back and exceed it with this investment, there's this possibility too that you have to sell yourself on. And when it comes to a story like, I don't have the money, I don't want to go to an, into debt, what really happens when you create a goal is that you're creating a sense of resiliency and resourcefulness within you by overcoming that objection within yourself. And how is it possible that you could come up with 10 to 20 grand or however much it is without going into debt, without having to give up a limb and in such a way where it seemed effortless? It's possible. How we often quickly and automatically assume that money or resources aren't available to us. I think a lot of us think that way. So we don't even look. Asking for help may be so uncomfortable to us that we don't even ask. And so I don't, and I know spending thousands of dollars, <laughs> I've done it too in, in my university education and also in my life coach certification you know, my life coach certification was much more of a conscious decision on my part. Um, it, you know, my college education was a given. I, my, that was sort of an expectation of my parents, an expectation of myself. It was just something you do after high school. It didn't require a lot of thought. It was just something I did, you know, and what if we can apply that sort of that same thinking? This is just something I'm going to do. I mean, it's easy. There's an ease to that thought process. So, 
when it came down to it and I realized, you know, thousands of dollars in coach certification, I didn't even question. I mean, I was terrified <laughs> to spend that amount of money and to find it and to ask for it <laughs> and to be really resourceful and be uncomfortable that I wanted to do this so badly. It was inevitable that I was going to do this. It was, it was done in my mind. Uh, but I had to find the resources. I had to find the money to do it because it was so important to me. I had sold myself on this idea that this was going to change my life, having this information, having access to a community and just really expanding who this whole concept of who I thought I was. So I had to dig deep because I, I didn't like asking for help. I'm, I'm much more at ease with it now. So you have to, you know, again, weighing how important this, this manifestation of what I wanted to create in my life, you know, compared to the discomfort of asking for help. Well, I guess I can get over that discomfort. I want this so badly. And this being resourceful and being resilient in this desire to ensure that I had the money to pay for my education. And if, you know, people object, object to or reject what I'm at, you know, what I was asking for, we make, I made it mean, uh, I, in the past, I've made it mean this, this goal isn't for me, but I asked a lot of people for help. It was uncomfortable. They said no, and it was fine. I just kept going on. I came up with different, I really dug deep on how can I make this possible? And I surprised myself really by doing that to the level of discomfort I had experienced. And so one common thing I hear from people about their goals is what will other people say? And that's my the third way we have objections. I <laughs> I had problems saying out loud, this is what I want to do. I want to be a coach. And, um, you know, what will my partners, what will my family, my friends, my colleagues, what will my community say? Or what will they do when they know that this is what I want to do? And so that, you know, that people-pleasing, which is this term where we um, want people to accept us so we we make sure that we please them by doing or saying something that is in, in conforms to what they want, what we think they want from us. Um, and, you know, for a lot of us, we're, we could be part of a community. We fear rejection. We fear being ostracized and put out of that community if we're doing something that's not in keeping with what the group mentality is. So for me, you know, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who are just really don't have no idea and you don't until you do it, that you're going to have to become a different person in order to achieve this goal. You're going to shift in subtle and more obvious ways as you go about securing this Thing, whatever it is, you, you sold yourself on this goal, idea, project, whatever it is. And 
and now you're, you, you know, internally this feels really good, but you're recognizing your hesitation about talking about it out loud. And so that's an indication, obviously, that you're fearing a response. You feel, you're feel like I could be abandoned by this, you know, by my group of people. People won't be able to, I will lose my relationship. So, you know, really when it comes down to this is a very fundamental thing about being a human is that we have lived and, and thrived and grown and evolved over thousands of years because of community support. It is very ingrained in us to want to quote unquote please people in order to be safe and to look be looked after and have access to you know community resources. But when you think about it, uh, getting further education, opening up a business, changing your life in some significant way, is it really a threat to your standing in the community and to the connections that you have in that community? Is it? You may not, you may be assuming that these people will have definite uh, opinions about what you're wanting to do. Well, we don't know until we put it out there that this is what we want. And there are people, yes, we want to maintain connection too, but is it fair to you to wait around for someone else's approval to change your life? And that's really the question. Is it, are, am I being selfish? Are you? Is that true? If you're investing in you? Is it really accurate that we know what other people are going to think about what we're doing? No. They may tell you that, oh, that's not going to happen for you. I don't understand why you're doing that. I don't think you have what it takes to do that. And I'm sure we've all heard variations of that from people that were important to us. Or who were people that were sort of on the periphery and they want to just offer their opinion. And we, as humans, suck up that sort of negative messaging (laughs) very easily. And we all know, logically, that what they're saying is a reflection of them, not us. So what happens then is that when we decide to do something very different with our lives, we fear that being cast out. Um, But the thing we have to take into account is how important your future is to you. And this is a whole coaching thing right there, is this overcoming this fear that we're going to be cast out, that we're going to be different, that we're going to lose our our connections with people. And is there something deep inside you that you have to fulfill that has nothing to do with the family member or the people around you or what social media might say about those things? So you have to really dig deep to figure out why this fear of their rejection and abandonment is so strong. And a lot of people decide not to to pursue something because of that. Totally your choice, one way or the other. But know why. Um, Why you're doing it. And being okay with your reasons. And make it, but really, the point is make it your choice, not someone else's. And so the fourth part of this is comes down to deprivation. What really is happening is that with deprivation, you're not seeing the impact of these changes happening to you and your life from going after this goal. You're not seeing it from the end point. You're not seeing it from this future version of you that has is already there. You, you made this amount of money. You started this business. You changed this identity. You have the schooling. You have promotions. 
And so what I mean by deprivation is we think we'll have to give up so many things and that you, in terms of time and money, identity, relationships, who I am, what my relationships are in order to achieve this. Some, there's going to be some sacrifice I'm going to have to make. And you really want to hold a light up to that, all of those things, and ask, is this really true? And what comes up, obviously, is fear. Fear of the change, fear of who I'm going to become, fear of what other people are going to think or say about me when I do, the fear of that rejection, feeling we don't like, we don't have the support. And it comes down to, I really want this badly to risk that. I want it that badly. I am compelled to want this, to do this. And those are the objections that you have to overcome in your own head. Is this worth it? Is it? Is this something I can put off? Is this something that's, by putting it off, I'm just, you know, waiting for the right set of circumstances in order to do this, to feel right. I'm waiting for outside confirmation that this is the right thing to do now or later. I mean, that's really, you have to assess that fear. That's all. Fear is going to be there. We're humans, regardless of we make a decision about this or not. We put it off. Fear is always going to be there. The point about going after a goal is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And so there are three things to consider um, with these objections, which I mentioned there are four. Time, money, other people, and the sense that we'll have to sacrifice or give something up in order to achieve what we want. Um, The things to consider when you're overcoming those objections is to call yourself out on your own bullshit. What are the facts? Are my thoughts really true about this? Uh, Let's try to neutralize the story I'm telling myself. Call yourself out on the stories you're telling yourself because they're comfortable and familiar. And number two, you want to question really what will change for you regarding this goal. When you start doing something that you've never done before, there will be a shift in your identity. This shift and identity will affect a lot of your relationships, including, and most importantly, the one with yourself and those nearest to you. Doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, there are ripple effects here. When you change, other people are going to change because of that. They're gonna change how to relate to you. This could be a great, wonderful thing that deepens your relationship with other people. So, But the thing that about these shifts is if you are seeking to make the significant changes, it really comes down to unearthing who you really are, which is really who you've always been, and who you are always meant to be, which in your present state is, has evolved to the point where you are heading to whoever that's going to be at the end of your life. That's when you start to come to terms with, am I worth the risk of time, money, energy, uh, the sense of deprivation, perceived sense of des- deprivation? Can I, am I worth all of that to make this change? And number three is really confronting and accepting your own discomfort. And you've probably heard this before. If it was so easy, I would have done this long ago. 
More people would have done it if it was this easy. And we use that excuse to not even try. And discomfort, you know, whether you are, no matter how successful you are now or want to be, discomfort is always going to be part of any journey, period. That's because we're humans. And accepting that discomfort is part of this is a huge step in changing who you are, making those steps moving forward. Discomfort can be your companion, can be your friend. It can be somebody that you can, hey, I know you're there, but I'm going to ignore you and keep going anyway. We can accept it as part of our, our human experience, still move forward. The thing where a lot of people get in trouble is that they, they resist it. They start to resent it that, you know, I'm, I just haven't, I dealt with this before. Why isn't, why aren't things easier? God, I've come so far. Why is discomfort always going to be part of there? And so it just, we have, we develop this resistant resentment relationship with discomfort that does not help us at all. And it's part of the journey too. I discovered that this morning. I had a whole bunch of feelings of resent, resentment and resistance to my resentment about what I wanted to do this week. It was fascinating. But it's something I, you know, we all have to accept or not. Those are our choices. If we accept it, then it makes it, we, it can, it can make it easier for us if we just accept it and recognize that we, we may not accept it every moment of the day. And that's fine too, but it's just there. So, and we think we need to work hard in order to achieve something. It, and if it's easy, then maybe it may, it may not be so valuable. Like I said, discomfort will always be there. Um, we never escape it. We just develop a different relationship with it. But, and also too, uh, my, one of my coaches said to me that, and I, I believe this is that, you know, where there's discomfort, there's massive opportunity to grow. And so you can spend a lifetime, you know, working with your own discomfort, viewing discomfort as a guide and a teacher, and you will experience exponential growth just based upon that alone. So To recap, we object to selling ourselves on things because of our relationship with sales and selling. And really, we, the objections, the most common objections that we buy into is uh, our our beliefs around time, money, other people, and um, the sense of having to give something up we can really debunk our own objections. We can overcome them with really questioning how true they are, really having a different relationship with discomfort, and really calling ourselves out. You know, because of we object, you know, we will say no to things because, oh, it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's not, I'm not ready. Oh, I don't, you know, I'm not just don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I don't have the attention span, whatever it is, we're coming from lack. And we don't feel that we have the resources to, in order to 
avail ourselves of, of a huge opportunity for our own personal growth. So that was kind of a lot, and hopefully that made sense. If you have any questions about that, please let me know. It's um, a subject that I study, uh, sales, overcoming my own objections, overcoming other people's objections. Um, I heard one of my mentors say that sales is really, <laughs> and I, I've had varying reactions to, from different people when I say this, sales is getting people to do what you want. And that's not, you know, selling a car. That's selling your partner on or your child about taking out the trash. That's you're you're painting a, a picture for them where, you know, that's something that they buy into. Like, oh, if you take the trash out, you're really helping me out. <laughs> the smell in our kitchen will go away. You know, there's this sense of I'm teaching my kid responsibility. I'm reminding my husband or partner that um we all support our community, our house, our home, and our family, and this is all important to all of us. You know, we're selling them on doing chores, <laughs> and that's really what it boils down to in, in a mundane way. We're selling somebody to do what we want, not in a, like a using, manipulative kind of way. There's a fine line there, but for me, it's like they kind of, they want these things anyway. They want the community. They want to support me. They, they want to help me, right? So where is your fine line there? So um, that's what I got for today. Uh, overcoming your own objections. Like I said, any questions or comments, and I'd love to talk more about this if there is something that I made unclear. And thank you for listening. I will see you next time.